Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Western Conference Wednesday here at Locked On NHL. Today, we are going to talk all about the young guns. And is Connor McDavid facing some heart voting, heart trophy voting fatigue? Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on NHL. Here we are having our weekly Western Conference Wednesday. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined by my partner in crime, Brett Holden of Locked on Oilers. Brett, how are you doing tonight? I'm not doing too bad. How about yourself? You know, I have the flames on in the background. Everything feels right in the world. Like, I... Everything is just coming together, and I think there's a lot of things coming together for teams and players, um, you know, kind of as we speak and watch the regular season inch, where we are inches from it. Inches, it feels like it. That's good. I forgot the Edmonton Oilers are playing right now. I got to get that on too. But uh, yeah, no. And uh, today, as you mentioned, we're talking about the youth. And I mean, who knows more about the youth other than the Edmonton Oilers, who have had numerous first overall picks? But we're going to talk about a guy, a first overall pick. Well, actually, he was so slated to go first overall for a very long time draft day came and he didn't go first overall he went fourth overall to the seattle kraken and that is shane wright and it sounds like shane wright according to seattle kraken general manager is set to spend the season with the Seattle Kraken, Jess, this was something that we kind of talked about here and there over the last couple of weeks. Would there be a rookie from this year's draft in the NHL? Who would it be? Would Shane Wright be there for the Seattle Kraken? And it sounds like he will be. Jess, what are your initial thoughts on this? He was born in 2004. Oh, and that, that just makes me feel really old. But also, like, in the hockey side of things, I think that that's exciting to see. Uh, you know, I we really don't see too many players make that jump in, unless you are, like, a Connor McDavid, right? Um, there's, there's just players that hit that, you know, the checkbox and check off all those boxes. Um for their coaches, for the front office, and to be a successful member of this team. And considering that he's 18 years old, and I'm going to assume two years leading up to the draft, his development was probably hindered a little bit depending on, you know, where he was able to practice and whatnot. But that's incredibly impressive for him, but also for the Kraken and what this means truly for the future of their roster. Yeah. And, and, and we know too, obviously this is the second full season for the Seattle crack and they're a young team. And obviously uh, Shane Wright is a young player as well, 
I don't want to say, oh, they're growing up together, but it's almost the infancy of an infancy for both of them. It's also the infancy of an infancy with, for a player who we will get to even more later on with Maddie Beneers for the Seattle Kraken. Now the Seattle Kraken, as a lot of us have been talking about leading into this season, holy, the Seattle Kraken might have both uh, Shane or Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright heading into this season, not only heading into this season, but in the future for their organization. Yep. They are a young team. They have a lot of question marks going into the season, not only in regards to their season in general, but in regards to their lineup. Now they have two definites up the middle, and now you're going, hmm. Not only are, do you have your definites up the middle for now, you have the definites up the middle for your future is this really the start of something special in seattle or are we still a couple of years away from being a couple of years away yeah you know i think that uh this is a great start for them i think that you know uh <laughs> yeah it's only their second year in the league and they've had to make up for what other teams have been working for for years but you know, I think that this is uh, a really positive sign for the Kraken, for Shane Wright, and also just the game as a whole. It's so, so nice to see so many young, talented players just out on the ice night after night. The Montreal Canadiens, the New Jersey Devils, the Arizona Coyotes, three teams who passed on Shane Wright. Are they going to regret it? Yes. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, you know, I everyone always talks about, well, there had to have been a reason why he fell. Yeah, maybe maybe there is. But he's also an 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old kid who was facing a lot of pressure. And, like, this feels more justifiable than, like, some other horrible things that people have tried to justify for 18-year-old men in hockey. So, um Forgive me if I call him an 18-year-old kid here, but, you know, he was a, he's a young man going into the biggest, like, event of his career, and I saw someone say that he was, like, bratty or something, and I was like, yeah, I would be a, a little bit of a brat, too, if I got passed over and I was projected to go first overall. Well, I mean, he was told that he was going to be first overall from Jump Street. He was told right. that, oh, my good. Shane Wright, you guys got to, I mean, excuse me for pulling out my Don Cherry accent here, but you got to look out for the Shane Wright kid. He's coming out, a good old Canadian kid, you know, and yeah. just always was pushed as he is the guy. Well, right. then all of a sudden, it seems like maybe over the last year, I don't know if it was even – playing in the shadow of Connor Bedard almost even for in the international circles for him as well. But uh, he had a tough season, uh, kind of. Uh, it wasn't an offensively productive season. So that coupled with the, the quote-unquote off-ice issues, whether that was there or not for those teams interviewing right, Either way, he went fourth overall to the Seattle Kraken, who is ran by one of the greatest two-way centermen, not only forwards, but centermen, to have ever played the game in Ron Francis. 
There are very few guys who could play the game like Ron Francis or like Shane Wright, and both of those guys are very similar to each other on the ice. That's almost a perfect pairing for both of them. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's a great sign. Not a great sign, sorry, but it just a good pairing, a great mentorship there. You know, I think if a GM is going to take somebody, especially in the first round, you know, top five pick, you have to see something in them. And I think Ron Francis maybe saw a little bit of himself in Shane Mm -hmm. Wright. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We will have to see. Well, we will have to see, and we will also have to see all the youth that not only the Seattle Kraken are cracking out there. I'm so sorry. That was, <laughs> that was, that was not fantastic. You are literally the only one laughing at that. So that is why I appreciate you, Jess. But uh, there are a lot of very young players potentially and probably playing in the Western Conference this year and cracking the lineup. There it is. That was the joke we were looking for. For the uh, NHL and their big clubs. But who is it? And could they fight for that copious, beautiful Calder Trophy? We will talk about those players and just who those players might be in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our partners over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports games and events including mlb nba NHL, we're talking MMA, UFC, golf, hey, Jess, even esports. Esports. <laughs> I didn't e-sports, know. Esports, baby. Esports. You can throw some lines on esports as well, all at Bet Online. Make sure you head to betonline.net or use your mobile mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. What I'm gonna I, be sorry. No, no, I'm very sorry. You you take charge here, Brett. No, no. What I was gonna say was I'm very interested to see the lines potentially for the Calder trophy this year. Because we might have a very interesting Calder trophy race heading into this season. It's normally we head into the the, the Calder trophy going. All right, it's obviously going to be the first overall pick from this year. It either normally is or is pretty close to being so. This year, the first overall pick from this year's draft in your Slav Koski might be in the NHL. We're still not sure, and they're on the Eastern Conference, so we, we don't worry about them. We could even talk about Owen Power from last year as well. Also in the Eastern Conference, we're not going to talk about him. But... There are up to five, maybe even six players heading into this season in the NHL this year that could make at least the final three 
for the Calder Cup in the Western Conference this year. Jess, a lot of names on here. We're going to get to a couple of them here. But other than Shane Wright, because we just spent a lot of time on Shane Wright, who do you think will be one of the names in the Calder Trophy conversation this year? I have to go with Marco Rossi. I think that he has been one of the uh, most promising prospects for the Wild over uh, you know, the last two years. Um, and unfortunately, he did have a very, I, I don't know I, if close call is calling it is too dramatic, but he had a very difficult time with uh, COVID. And, you know, there was a lot of questions surrounding his future in the game. And um, I am just so excited to see him playing at the NHL level. And I think that um, he won't have any problems making the jump to the NHL at a consistent level. Yeah. Marco Rossi is an exciting hockey player. I mean, this guy on the puck is a a magician and you want to talk about, uh, I mean, we we've praised Minnesota. Oh yeah. A lot, (laughs) a lot. And he just adds to it. I mean, imagine, imagine Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, Eric Sinek, Greenaway, Marco Rossi, all in the top six for the Minnesota Wild. Matt Boldy. He's right on the cusp of being in that conversation of the 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 Calder Trophy as well. I believe he just ran out last year, so he won't be in the conversation this year. But man, we there's been maybe not necessarily concern for offensive players in Minnesota being developed over the last couple of years, but now you're starting to see again in Matt Boldy and. Kapril Kaprizov and Marco Rossi, just how well they can develop offensive players. Absolutely. And I think that obviously we talk about Minnesota and I think my biggest thing for them is do they have an identity with within themselves? And I think now uh, with these talented forwards, you know, really developing and getting to play at this level, I think that they're finally going to start forming an identity and finding themselves. I like that. I like that a lot. We And we talk about Nashville not really having an yeah. identity either, right? Now, hey, maybe a guy like Cody Glass might be in that conversation too. We don't know. Is he even still eligible? I assume so. I, I don't know if Michael Bunting was able hey. to do that like 26 or whatever. Yeah. There we go. That's a good call. Um, Honestly, Marco Rossi is the only player in this conversation, I think, in the Western Conference for the Calder Trophy, not in the Pacific Division. I have about five other names. We talked about Shane Wright. So really four other names (laughs) that could be in this conversation, and they're all in the Pacific Division I'm going to start off once again with uh, uh, Shane Wright's um, teammate. For me, I think Matty Beneers will be uh, probably, I shouldn't say probably the Calder Trophy winner, but he will be a finalist for that Calder Trophy. We saw what he could do in the final couple of games last year 
for the Seattle Kraken. Now he's going to get an entire year in the NHL, be trusted in the NHL for a full year as well, get full-time minutes. We've seen him in the preseason do very impressive things, a beautiful goal against the Edmonton Oilers even in a preseason game on the power play as well. He has done a lot of very good things. And I guess you can say this about, all second overall picks. But if it wasn't for Owen Power, Maddie Beneers should have been the first overall pick in that draft. He is a special player, and I'm excited to see what Maddie Beneers can do at the NHL level. Agreed. And I think that, you know, like Seattle is emerging still as a team in this league. And like we mentioned earlier with Shane Wright, having them as your one two punch is going to be an immediate problem for teams, but also even five, six years down the road. So we're in for, for a treat. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, staying on the Pacific Coast, I guess, um, we're going to head all the way down to California. And there's one guy down in uh, San Jose, JD at Locked on Sharks, loves this guy in fact i think you know those memes where you're like oh this is my entire uh, personality now i think this is kind of what jd has followed it and fell into with uh, <laughs> this guy william eckland has made a lot of people fall in love with him and there's an obvious reason yeah he is again another just impressive uh stick handler puck mover I can't even talk sorry it's 9 30 at night but you know it's he has there's something magical about him and just this whole group we are so lucky to get to watch them in their infancy as NHLers but then we get to see them in their prime as well and I just you know Eklund is a wonderful human being, um, a great interview. If you haven't already checked out the Locked on Sharks interview with him, highly recommend it. And then, you know, just if he's the glimmer of hope <laughs> for the Sharks. Yeah. And we can only hope that it's only up from there because they, they need something. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, I mean, they, they need something to really hold on to down there. Sorry, JD. But uh, uh, no, I, the thing about Eklund, too, got some time in the NHL with the big club as well, has a little bit of a taste for the league. So I don't want to say it won't be a, a difficult transition for him because it's always going to be difficult coming into the NHL. But he does have that taste, so he understands that pace. Hey, there you go. A little bit of a rhyme. Two more players for us to talk about here. One of them, uh, what a a performance by him at the World Junior Championships. Uh, Started a a bromance almost of sorts with next year's first overall pick in Connor Bedard. A lot of people want Connor Bedard tossed into the lineup with Trevor Zegras and this guy. Mason McTavish. Honestly, somehow I think Mason McTavish is the dark horse in this competition <laughs> because there are guys like Beneers, Rossi, Owen Powers, whatever. But Mason McTavish is unbelievable. And he's going to be playing 
next to Trevor Zegras. How terrifying is that for the league, for a player who's coming in to his first full season in the NHL? That That's a problem. And as a Pacific <laughs> Division uh, team here, I have to say, again, this is another team that is going to cause problems for um, years to come. And, oh, good, the Flames are losing 3 nothing to the Jets. Nice, that's quick. Yeah, I love to see it. Um, but I I think, I hope that we can come back to this in two years and say that we were right. But I think that um, McTavish has true captain potential. Mm. I think that he could be the heartbeat of this team. We think that Trevor Zegris is that guy right now. Something about McTavish and the way that he carried himself through worlds. And I just, I will say that he's the dark horse for the Calder, but also probably a top candidate. I mean, in my eyes for uh, the next captain of the Ducks. I love that. I love that. It's they're a young team. They're a team who needs somebody to step up. And if that is going to be a young guy who's stepping in there, then who's going to stop them? Right. Not Ryan Deslav. Over in Montreal. Exactly. A hundred percent. I love that. And it, totally. He led the, the Canadians through, I don't want to say a difficult tournament, but it, for the hockey Canada players who had a lot of noise going into that tournament. He was an instrumental part for the players on that team to really move through that, yeah. that, that uh, tournament and for uh, what a, a gold medal that was. In fact, it was his stick who prevented the Finns from winning it in overtime yep. in that inch, inch, inch close block with his stick in the crease on the goal line that I, I love that. It just a guy who is willing to put everything on the line for the win. Everybody talks about Zegris, but you have this kid coming up, Mason McTavish. Oh, I, I love that. I, I dig, I, I'm here for that. I guess th those are, those are the qualities you don't really always see in a player all the mm -hmm. time. And it takes a lot to see that in a player. I dig that. Somebody, who I think, and and uh, we were talking about how much I hate mentioning the Oilers on this show, but this guy may have won the preseason MVP, and we're still three, four games left in, in preseason. That's Dylan Holloway. Uh, a lot of the guys in Edmonton are calling him Hollywood already. It's going to be his first season in the NHL coming up. He has worked his way into the lineup. I can talk days, for days about this guy. But for you, Jess, for somebody who doesn't necessarily see him every day, what do you? what's kind of the feeling around the league for Dylan Holloway, do you think? I feel like he's underdog and one of those, like, dark horses that, um, you know, isn't quite – well known enough yet and I think that you know everyone's gonna know his name and it's for the right reasons and I would love no I wouldn't love to see him he's <laughs> a great person but I just I can't root for the Oilers in any capacity there um 
you know, I think it's, hey, we, we do love an underdog. We we love anyone who can, you know, grind their way to the top and go Dylan Holloway. Go Dylan Holloway. I'll tell you what, he was a player who really, he started off the season on the third line, or the preseason at least, on the third line. Now tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, he's playing next to Connor McDavid. His last game uh, was playing with Leon Dreisaitl. He had three goals and an assist. That has to be terrifying. <laughs> That's the thing. It has to be terrifying because you're sitting there going, ah, I, I have to play Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, this player, that player, and keep on going. And then at the same time, you don't even know what this mm-hmm. guy can do still. And then you have to go and, and, and try and play hockey against him. Man, it is... Uh, the Edmonton Oilers could be terrifying, but Dylan Holloway with his foot speed, with his skill, with just yeah. how difficult he is to play against, with his foot speed, I don't even know if I've mentioned that yet, he is going to be a terrifying hockey player. That is certainly a player I will keep in my back pocket. And actually, did I I don't know. I did I didn't draft him in fantasy. I drafted uh Bouchard instead. Oh. I dig it. I dig it. Full transparency at this current moment, my fantasy draft just started and I just picked Kale McCarr. So you want to talk about defensemen and fantasy? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm glad. I know we are cutting it close here. Uh, so to, to wrap up the show, uh, we can absolutely bring it back up north to Edmonton to talk yeah. about Connor McDavid. Brett, what is it like watching, like, rooting for your team? Like, you've been a lifelong Oilers fan, and then, you know, you talk about the decade of darkness and how awful it was. And then, you know, there's rumblings of this kid, Connor McDavid. What has it been like following him from whenever you started following him to hearing his name get called at the NHL draft. Yeah. So for me personally, the first time I heard about Connor McDavid, he was about 14 years old. Still, he was with the Toronto Marlboros and they had a a special about him and Josh Hosang in the hockey news, uh, the little magazine Um, and not little magazine, obviously the hockey (laughs) news is the big magazine, but uh, the magazine that I was reading, remember magazines, but uh, yes, I was reading this, this beautiful piece about him and Josh Hosang. And I remember I was looking at that piece and I'm like, the Edmonton Oilers, I just know we're going to get one of these guys. I thought for my entire life, it was going, well, up until 2015, it was going to be Josh Hosang. Well, <laughs> 2015 comes around, the Edmonton Oilers win the uh, NHL draft lottery. And I was on my way actually walking into Rexall Place, back when it was Rexall Place, uh, going to a lacrosse game for the Edmonton Rush when that lottery was happening and I screamed out that the Edmonton Oilers won the draft lottery and I had like security guards coming going what's going on what's happening I'm like the Oilers won the draft lottery they're like going what what's going on like people were 
texting each other, their friends, their family, about the Edmonton Oilers winning that. this draft lottery. Uh, for this 18-year-old that most of them haven't really known too much about. I had one of the players who was one of my high school teachers as well come and tap me before warm-ups and go, did you hear? The Oilers won the draft lottery. And he's about to go and play a lacrosse game. That's how You're much that broke the news to everyone. Of course, <laughs> yeah, you heard. I, I was ahead of the curve. I was I was eighteen and 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 ready for my job. Um, right. But yeah, that is the hold Connor McDavid has had not only on Edmontonians, on Oilers fans, but in the hockey world. And that is why we're kind of bringing him up here, Jess, is because there was an article written in the Athletic. Asking, and it's a fair question because we come into or coming out of last year and we go, wait, Austin Matthews? Maybe not most people, uh, especially Oilers fans went, wait, Austin Matthews won the, the, the trophy again? Like, why? Connor McDavid was the best player in the league, according to Oilers fans, according to the points. Yeah. So where, what, I, I did a whole episode on things. Everybody talks about Matthews and McDavid. Is there fatigue for voters in this trophy race when it comes to Connor McDavid? Or is Austin Matthews, or was Austin Matthews really better last year? No. What, what do you think? No? No. You don't think I think so? Connor McDavid, no, I think Connor McDavid was better. Really? Yeah. Why? And maybe that's just what, because what? I literally... Okay, this is because I'm biased. I really should, like... <laughs> okay. I think that Austin Matthews did have a phenomenal season. Um, mm. I think that he's a phenomenal player. I think that he has more help than a guy like Connor McDavid. Mm. And that may help boost his numbers. And, you know, I mean, hockey is a team sport, but this is an individual award here we're talking about, you know. Um, But I feel like McDavid does a lot more on his own, if Mm. that makes any sense. Like, yeah, obviously he relies on his teammates, but I feel like he's just more of an individual player, but can also like communicate. I'm, this makes sense in my head and I don't know if it's making any sense. 100%. But <laughs> no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's interesting because a lot of people will always go, yes, we all understand that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Okay, so then why isn't he, why didn't he win the Hart Trophy last year for a, a trophy who is for the best player in the league? If McDavid's the best player in the world, naturally you got to think, oh well, uh, he's going to be the best player in the league. So right. how are you going to hand it over to somebody who? Yes, he scored sixty goals. Fantastic. He's uh, again. We cannot take away <laughs> the skill of Austin Matthews because he is one of the kind in his own. But then people go and say, okay, yes, he, he he's Connor McDavid is in a league of his own, but then everybody goes, Oh, there's, 
there's now Austin Matthews versus Leon Dreisaitl, who's who's the second best. Well, you said right there, Austin Matthews gets help, and then everybody goes, well, Leon Dreisaitl plays with Connor McDavid. No, he doesn't. He plays on the second line. The only time he did play with Connor McDavid was when he had a bum ankle, had one ankle, healthy ankle to play on, and he still got the second most amount of points, one behind Connor McDavid. So... I guess here's where I ask the the generalized question and the question of the segment. Is there voter fatigue when it comes to Connor McDavid? Is Connor McDavid too good for these voters to consistently give him these trophies before it just basically becomes a novelty to give him the trophy in itself? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think that, some people look for every excuse not to vote for him. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like to me, it's a no brainer. I don't have a vote, but if I did last year, I, feel, I, I don't know. I don't want to start a riot in the comments, but I just, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do have those flames fans going, Hey, Hey, Whoa, Whoa. You're praising this guy a little too much. Right. <laughs> And I feel like a lot of people are going, oh, yeah, of course, the Oilers guy is pumping the Oilers head. I get that. I, I understand. literally <laughs> cannot stand either team. Even before I started covering <laughs> the games, I hated the Edmonton Oilers. hated everything about them. And growing up a Boston fan, still, and they're still in my rooting interest, I cannot say physically say anything nice about the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is why <laughs> when Austin Matthews went out and scored Patrick, um, and then everyone was having the conversation of, oh, is he finally like better than McDavid? Is he as good as McDavid? And Connor McDavid went out and scored five goals against the Flames. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this, this thank you, thank you, Connor McDavid. <laughs> Look but, like, what you also, like, Why did you have to do that against the Flames? Like, come on. But like, like, no, I. And I do give Austin Matthews credit. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I think he's a horrible player. Yeah. No, I just think that Connor McDavid is better. That's, and that's the thing. Like, that's why I consistently have to go and sit there and go, full respect to Austin Matthews. Right. Because it genuinely sounds like I'm a hater to Austin Matthews. But I can say, oh, no, I am. Watch- I'm a full blown Austin Matthews hater. <laughs> I. I can sit there and watch an Austin Matthews game and go, man, this guy is good and respect. And and, and, hey, there's no one who can shoot the puck in the NHL quite like him, truly. And, and, but there's more to the game than just scoring. Yes, 60 goals. And, and you, you win the game by scoring more goals than the other team. But there's more that goes into scoring those goals and preventing those goals. And I know this is a regular season award. Yeah. But who has seen more postseason time? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Where is Austin Matthews when it matters? Where are his elimination um, overtime goals? I'm sorry. Yep. People are going to split this audio and make it like, propaganda oh. that i'm here oh. for spoilers no i'm here for connor mcdavid taking down austin matthews in this trophy yeah. that they collect and they probably collect dust in one of their homes one of their 14 <laughs> homes that they own but you yeah. know what 
show up when it matters. That's, yep. I'm sorry. Show up when it matters. Yeah. And just to kind of end that little, almost it turned into Matthews versus McDavid, but <laughs> that is essentially, that is the argument realistically right now. But where it matters is you do mention, yes, maybe they aren't, it is a regular season trophy, but there's one player who has had quote unquote success so far in the playoffs and one who hasn't. But the other thing is, is that the Toronto Maple Leafs have a better win percentage when Austin Matthews isn't in the lineup than when he is in the lineup. So for a trophy that is here to vote for the most valuable player. That doesn't sound like something that goes in your favor. Exactly. That doesn't sound like value to me. If the Edmonton Oilers lost Connor McDavid and only had Leon Dreisaitl, all of a sudden everybody would go, oh, look, the Edmonton Oilers aren't that good anymore. That's value right there. Right. So, so either way, there's there's the age-old almost Matthews versus McDavid argument for us heading into this season, eh? <laughs> we love it. We love a good old dialogue and discussion and Make sure to sound off in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. And, uh, you know, you can tweet at us um, on our personal Twitters or our show Twitters, um, which we'll run through in just a second. But thank you all for tuning in. Uh, tune in to Locked on Oilers, Locked on Sharks, Locked on Kraken, all the shows that all the teams that we talked about today, Locked on Wild, you know, can never get enough of the local experts and their, you know, true, honest, raw takes that they have for the teams that they cover. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mosto and LO underscore Flames Pod. And Brett, where can everyone find your McDavid takes? <laughs> yes, you can find all of my McDavid propaganda over at The Real Holden 40. That is on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social media. Find me on my MySpace probably is still up at some point. Uh, but no, you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers. And you can find us at Locked On Oilers, exactly how it sounds on Twitter. And also, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, Locked On yeah. Oilers on there as well. What are you doing if you haven't already? We are fantastic. <laughs> right. You're right, though. Oh, please. Come on. Quit pumping my ego. I know. I need, I need to stop. Otherwise, they're going to like, this isn't the Battle of Alberta anymore. <laughs> yeah, Edmonton's, Edmonton's the go-to. No, I'm Too soft. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. And we will catch you next week. And uh, we'll have some regular season hockey to talk about. And I think that that is just beautiful. Thank goodness. How fast has a year gone? Right?